0: It is good to be back, and yes, welcome once again to the Dragoon's Lair podcast. I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon, and I brought back a very special guest this time. You know what, Mike ain't here, and I said, you know what, while he's pretending to be a 10-year-old, not much of a stretch. That's right, you can hear him in the background. I brought in the one, the only, everybody's favorite temporary co-host, Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm back. <laughs> That's right. We brought Jimmy back. Everybody enjoyed the Jimmy episode.
1: Yes, they did.
0: Everybody likes a little Jimmy.
1: There's always room for Jimmy.
0: <laughs> so, Jimmy and I, we were having a discussion earlier, and I thought this was a great idea to have for the show, which has really been the change in the evolution of the way we watch television. And which starting off with the way we all oh, we everybody did back in the day, which was the regular sitcom. What was that? The three camera,
1: basically three
0: camera setup pioneered by Lucy Des Productions and Mary Tyler Moore, where they really got those productions going <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, so there's been a lot of change going on, and with the writer strike, you know, we it should be an interesting topic to discuss because talking about how things have changed and since our last writer's strike, which was 2007.
1: Yep, and FanDuel's got this odds uh, at, what is it, 102 days? Oh, boy. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, the last th- strike was how many days? 100. So
0: 100 days. Th- this strike seems to be going a little more, but it makes sense because, I mean, let's face it, this is more of a different kind of contract negotiation. Although, I w- because there's more things that they're asking for because the, getting the rights for streaming platforms, mm-hmm. for royalties and stuff is very important. It affects not only the writers, but the actors, the directors. So, and I mean, let's face it, The Last writer Strike destroyed an entire popular TV franchise. And I don't know if you remember, you know exactly what show I'm talking about.
1: I'm trying to remember. Refresh me, my man. Heroes. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Heroes was, you know, Bring the mic up a little closer. But yeah, Heroes was that show that the second season, there were so many plot threads that they just dropped them because they didn't want to just say, let's stop and come back. You figure they sent... What was it? Peter went to the future, had the girl that was with him, and then it's like she got left in the future. He comes back to the past. Suresh was turning into like this giant bug, which I will say... Kind of interesting to see that the same actor, if I'm not mistaken, shows up in The Flash as Bloodworks. Yeah. So, I mean, this writer strike has really changed things up.
1: Well, you, like we said, like we were discussing before, the writer's strike, I mean, you've had, you, you're looking at the writer's strike. Next thing you're going to look at is Screen Actors Guild is going. Yep. They're ready to unite with them, and it's tough. And,. I don't know if people realize this and know this, but Marvel's already starting to film Deadpool 3, and they're starting to film Captain America New World Order. See, now, Deadpool 3 being
0: filmed, I think, is a huge mistake. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but Ryan Reynolds is kind of a contributing writer, even though he may not be part of the Guild, but all the ad-libbing that he does... As Deadpool, those ad libs end up in the final script. Mm-hmm. So, because of the ad libbing and stuff being added to the script, this is going to probably hurt the production. And I hate to say it, but if what same time frame Wolverine Origins was where we got the horrible Deadpool where they covered his mouth and it wasn't even Ryan Reynolds at that point nope. because they didn't have a script. And we can't have that for Deadpool 3. No. You know, the studios need to seriously take a look at the value and the importance of the writers. They've kind of almost slapped the writers in the face by doing a deal with the directors guild. And the directors deserve a good deal too. But at the same time, if it wasn't for the writers, what are the directors directing? What are the actors using for these portrayals?
1: exactly
0: so i mean john at the majors we've discussed it a bit on this show from time to time okay. and i mean his portrayal of kang has been amazing i don't know if the allegations and stuff are true it's not like this stuff has gone to trial so i don't want to make prejudgments no,
1: if it I agree.
0: if it's true it's it's horrible and marvel made a mistake throwing all their eggs in one basket this time around.
1: Well, they there's rumors going around that if all this all these little allegations go true, they already have lined up John Boyega,
0: which that could be interesting. I mean, the good thing is you technically can recast Kang because there's mm-hmm. so many variants. And I mean, yes, we saw a bunch of the different variants and stuff at the end of what was it? Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Quantumania. And, I mean, we saw a bunch of them, but we know there's another version of them that's in younger version in the comics that becomes Iron Lad.
1: Iron Lad, Rama Tut.
0: Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. I mean, we technically saw Rama Tut a little bit when they were doing the Council of Kangs.
1: And plus Loki.
0: Yeah, Loki Season 2 is going to be the real test of what they're going to do moving forward with Jonathan Majors. I thought Kang was a good choice for a villain, Although I would have liked to have seen a threat that could last longer throughout the phases, which I think a lot of people were hoping for Dr. Doom.
1: A lot of people were also hoping that Robert, uh, what do you call, was going to come back? Robert Downey. Yeah. But if if you look at the date, Marvel changes a lot of their scripts. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of these directors change their scripts and everything. We've discussed that numerously even with the, the Dark Knight franchise. Yep. How the Dark Knight Rises was three books. Yep. It was three books. Now you look at the Marvel franchises and everything, Phase 2, 3, how they had to adjust everything, like for example Civil War. Civil War had, what was it, 10 characters at least?
0: Yeah, there were Civil War spanned a lot of the comics at the time. The trade paperback is available if anyone really wants to look. Then granted, yes, there are two Civil Wars, but we're talking yeah. the first one which was Captain America versus Iron Man, Man as opposed to the Captain America and Captain Marvel real. No, no actually, what was it? it was
1: Iron Man Captain Iron Marvel.
0: Man and Captain Marvel.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: so, you know, I mean, we still have Captain Marvel, but I don't think we should rehash that Civil War again. For
1: Someone was telling me they read the uh, Secret Wars, speaking of which, and they're like, yeah, I read the Secret Wars. I thought it was the worst thing I read. And I'm like, wait a minute. What Secret Wars did you read? Yeah. (laughs) And then they put up the picture of the latest one. I'm like, you're saying that's it? You didn't read the original?
0: Oh, oh, jeez.
1: I mean, there's Secret, it goes Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2. Then there was a Secret War. Yep. And then it does the Secret Wars again. Yeah,
0: it's a little wonky because they, mm-hmm. Secret Wars, Marvel's kind of like soft reboots and like restarts. You know, they've had like all these events, but I think Battleworld was really like a big like Kickstarter, which I still think like Doctor Doom would have been the perfect villain. To continue on because bringing him in, especially because, I mean, we know the Fantastic Four is coming in. Yeah. And, I mean, we've already seen, what was it, Neymar and his, what was it, how did they refer to Atlantis at that point?
1: Atlantis. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I I always wonder because I always get confused because now we have Aquaman with his version of Atlantis. You know, so, I mean, when we say to with Marvel, though, it really is like we have Neymar's Atlanteans, we have Wakanda, I don't understand why we don't have New Latveria. I mean, and you could have it where he's taken over, and you don't have to go into the detail, but I mean, hell, in the comics, they've already said, because he uses magic and technology, he's up there with the Sorcerer Supreme himself.
1: Now, we are talking about Wong, or are we talking about Dr.
0: Doctor Strange.
1: Doctor
0: Strange. Uh Uh Aha. Aha. (laughs) Aha. Yeah, now it's... But
1: now everybody also forgets, and it's funny you mentioned it, but if you watched Avengers Endgame, kind of, sort of, in crazy ways, Atlantis was dropped in and it was a future plot.
0: Yeah, what? but they there is like now because of Eternals, you yeah. figure this is how they're gonna. It looks like this might be. Their rumors are saying like this, you got a giant like what what is it, celestial like celestial. sticking up straight out of the ocean. No one's addressed it, but the celestial is pretty much made of adamantium.
1: Oh wait a minute, the celestial was addressed in she Hulk. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But did you also know that? What was it? The um, they addressed the wrecking crew to a little bit of a point in She Hulk. In She Hulk, yeah, but they just like they show it, and it's like, what happened?
0: I feel. Listen, I feel like She Hulk got a bad rap. It was a good, fun show. it didn't need to be the ultra serious tone. I think like we needed like these different ventures. Especially when we're going into the realm of like the episodic series. I mean, we've seen Netflix where Netflix shows have been like predominantly very dark, very gritty when we had the Netflix Marvel shows.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, when it was on ABC, it was a little like it was more lighthearted, it felt more in tune with everything, but it didn't mesh with the overall. Like world that the cinematic universe was going was in. It
1: trying to.
0: It tried to, but it never really crossed over, so that it was never addressing certain things. I mean, granted, yes, they did address like when Hydra took over.
1: They addressed the Hydra issue, plus they also addressed the Thor issue.
0: A little bit, but yeah. that was early on when they were still even trying. They didn't even bother making an effort when it no. came to, like, some of the other stuff. They, like, gave up. And let's face it, they, because the Marvel, like, the Disney-Marvel merger with Fox hadn't taken place yet, we still had to sit through. <laughs> oh, God, the Inhumans. It, it does make me laugh. It was, it was pretty bad.
1: But they still brought him back.
0: Yeah. They brought him back, but they brought him back on an alternate world Earth, yep. where it was like dealing with an incursion. Mm-hmm. So, I although the one thing that does kind of confuse me though is how they've now designated the movie universe as six one six, which has been the main Marvel continuity mm-hmm. in the comics as six one six. So,
1: so what do you call the co- the animated Sony version?
0: Yeah, which <laughs> I don't know. Did you see into across the Spider Verse? No, not yet. I saw it, and I have to say it was very interesting. Now I'm not—I don't want to spoil it for you, mm-hmm. but it is a cliffhanger, so oh, it, yeah. you know there's going to be another part.
1: Oh, thank heavens!
0: But they do mix in when you're seeing because you so, you we've seen the art style from Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. and they kind of continue that on. But when you're in like the different universes, you see like different art styles for the different Spider Men, but you actually do get a couple of the live action stuff. So there are like you're seeing some of the things addressed, but you see like the live action people. And they they do make a quick stop into the Venom universe. Hey, why not? No not yeah. showing Venom, but you know who it is you know where you're at because they made sure they use the recurring character. So it works for what it is. And I am looking forward to the next one, although I was a little disappointed because one of my favorite versions of Spider Man is there, but they made him really angsty, and over dramatic.
1: Twenty ninety
0: nine. No, Ben Riley, oh,
1: the Scarlet okay. Spider.
0: Yeah, it went from the Clone Saga. So I'm talking yes. with the hoodie and like mm-hmm. the bra- the like the bracers. Yes. Like that is one of my. F- I love that costume, and like Ben Riley was kind of a cool Spider Man, but it was just like. You see him in the movie, and he's like... At one point, he's like, angsty, and oh!
1: I'm starting to get used to the uh, Spider-Punk because I see him in the game.
0: Oh, yeah. Spider-Punk is cool. It's, you know... But this is one of those things where it's like... I think this one almost explains multiverse theory in a little bit of a better thing... than kind of how Marvel's been doing it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's cool to see, and it's great to see these other Spider-Men... It'll be interesting, though, moving forward, because I read an article that said Tom Holland was having some mental health Health issues, issues. so he's stepping away from being Spider-Man. So, I mean, technically, you can replace him at this point and pick up where you left off, mostly because no one remembers who Peter Parker is. Might want to. Closer. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So... It's one of those moments where it's like you they have options of things that can be done. I mean Tom Holland was an amazing version of Spider-Man. I still love the Amazing Spider-Man of Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Garfield, I was like I think he hit me in a little bit more of a better spot although Tobey Maguire really was like the first like live action Spider-Man that I could get behind and like the origin story was almost spot on. but then it like started to veer off in areas where I really wanted Gwen first. Mm-hmm. There's something about Gwen Stacy, and I know the late Stanley had said it. The greatest love of Spider-Man and Peter Parker's life was not Mary Jane. No, nope, it's it actually Gwen, Gwen St- Stacy. Stacy.
1: And we all know that. We all know everybody who's made the small budget films. They
0: show yep. that. Yeah. Gwen Stacy has, it's like her death was more impactful. It was just as impactful as Uncle Ben's. hmm So when it comes to the Spider-Man mythology, it, you know, But when we look at the sitcoms, going back to that, you figure we went from the traditional cameras, they didn't, like, MASH w- wasn't really your traditional, like, multicam. No. Because they had to be more mobile. Mm-hmm. And we got more – we got most of the shows throughout the 80s stuck to the multicam format and stuff, even though some of the shows were a little weird.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: they were very innovative. I mean, when you look back at something like – like, you go from MASH, at, which was one camera at times, a lot of steady cam work and stuff. But then it was like, oh, all in the family, multicam, go into the 80s, and you get stuff like ALF and Family Ties and Growing Pains. These were shows that were multi-camera shoots, you know, they in front of a live studio audience at times, and then we moved into, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Things changed up a little bit, but they still kind of stayed relatively the same because you were getting stuff like Married with Children, which, for the most part, it was really steady cam work, but then that all kind of changed as we moved into the 90s More when we, what was it? Seinfeld wasn't your traditional multi camera show. No. And then I think it was, what was it? The one that really changed it all? Would you say Modern Family?
1: Yes. Because Modern Family, The Office, was all like it's a reality series.
0: Yeah. They made those shows felt more like a reality show in their stylization. Elementary. Yep. I'm haven't watched Abbott Elementary, so I wouldn't know. Oh, that's, that's funny. You know, there there there's so many shows to try to keep up with and everything, and I mean, things are coming on one streaming platform and leaving another, so it starts becoming like a little mm-hmm. bit hectic when you're trying to like, what does X, Y, and Z? Which do I watch? Which do I don't? You know, and the writer strike is one of those things where what are we watching? What are we not watching? Because shows are coming off the air. I mean. They've already announced that Superman and Lois is going to end on a cliffhanger. And I don't know how I feel about that because Legends ended on a cliffhanger. And I love the Legends of Tomorrow. And now Legends, it's like there's no final resolution.
1: See, what they should have did is people should, like they did for the DC... You Remember when they there was the DC Universe. DC had their own channel. Yep. They had Titans. They had Swamp And that Bank. went right to HBO Max, now Max. That's what people should do. What happened when Family Guy went off? Everybody got ticked, and it came... But it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And then from there, people were like, listen, you it was got to the D- The
0: DVD sales and stuff. But the problem yeah. is it's harder to do that nowadays because physical media is not as much of a thing. And that's really a shame because these companies, like, and Max has proven that this is something that can and will happen. The shows will just disappear.
1: That's what you don't want to do with shows.
0: Yeah, no. The shows, we don't want to see them disappear. We want them to continue on and, like, actually have a lasting
1: legacy. You want them to come at least to... Pluto TV, Tubi, Freevee, which is also, which is a funny thing because if you get Freevee, and you can also watch it on Prime. Yeah. Which, so if you have Prime on an app, you're like, hey, wait a minute! I was just watching, the Jury Duty, on Freevee. Now I can watch it on Prime.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a, you know Freevee. I tried downloading it originally, and it didn't work in the country. It's only now finally starting to work mm-hmm. in the U.S. But It is connected, and that's one of these things like Hulu and Amazon. They have interconnected where you can go through Mm -hmm. one app to the next, and you'll be able to see the stuff as long as you're paying for it. I mean, that's what Disney is supposedly doing with Disney and Hulu, where if you're on Disney Plus and you're paying for both, you'll be able to have access to the Hulu stuff without having to switch apps. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great idea but I'm I swear to god this is really cable with extra steps.
1: Well, you know what happened with Max is Max is HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Yep. But the funny thing HBO is
0: was the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.
1: But the thing is this. If you just started getting it now, yep, you're getting commercials, you're premium.
0: Yeah, if if you just started, you have to pay more money to ditch the commercials. Mhm. If you're a legacy like I am same yeah you get it you're still getting it for like 15 16 bucks a month without commercials but otherwise you, you would have to spend what is it like over 20 something bucks
1: yeah about 1999 I think yeah like 20 Plus bucks tax. a month
0: yeah with like seriously
1: but I get money even through spectrum because I get the HBO yeah so which was good which I wanted because this is when King Kong vs. Godzilla came out so I wanted to get see it and everything, and that's how I got my HBO Max.
0: And I believe next year is the sequel mm-hmm.
1: Kong and Godzilla. Yeah,
0: King Kong, Godzilla, and King Kong.
1: I was just watching on Max since they merged everything. They just had the uh, the Jared Fogelman documentary. Oh documentary. God! <laughs> Listen, it's sub- Listen, the motto is Subway Eat Fresh, not Jared Touch Teens. He, it wasn't teens. It was kids. Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah.
0: That that was a horrible thing. I, I'd i like to, like, leave that in, like, the dumpster fire that it was at the time.
1: Believe me, I stopped, I stopped going to Subway because of him.
0: Yeah. I thought you would have stopped going to Subway because it's not real bread. Not too. It's mostly sugar. <laughs> no,
1: I actually was, t- was getting the wraps more.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, Subway's had its issues, but mm. one thing that I will always give Subway credit for... Was being a sponsor of Chuck and keeping Chuck going mm-hmm. because that show was on the chopping block far too much. And it was it still is a phenomenal show, which is available on Max. <laughs> Not a paid advertisement, folks. Just no. pointing it out. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like if there's something that I know. It, Happy Gilmore kept. Yeah.
1: Was in. uh had Subway in it. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, they have advertisements. And that's the thing. Like, old shows didn't really go and do what... Product placement. Which is what it's in every show now. Actually... For the most part.
1: Yeah, well, you'll laugh. I was watching one of the Food Network's shows. And they had stuff blotched out.
0: Really? So they didn't have the product placement for
1: it? Like the Jarritos, the sodas? Yeah. They, were, they had to use it in a task on one of the baking shows but they were they covered the label they covered the label
0: Well yeah I mean when I you, mean, it's like I mean if you go back and you look and I'll use Boy Meets world mm-hmm. prime example they had boxes of like cereal and stuff that were on, that were seen that they're mock-ups they're fake. It's not the right soda cans like they change things up because nobody wants to pay for the product to be, show up and stuff. And I can understand that because it can get expensive for a show, especially if they don't have the product tie-ins. But you go and you take a look. Nowadays, all of a sudden, it's like you're literally seeing cans of Coke or Pepsi in the show as the product placement. It's right there.
1: Remember, when when you were a kid, you were watching Sanford and Son Mm. and all these other adult shows.
0: A little before my time, but
1: yeah. The beer cans were either... Red and white or blue and white. Yeah, I always remember that. Yeah, they,
0: the beer cans, I mean, like... It was they kind, it. Yeah, they, they kind of covered them up. Yeah. Like, they had fake beer cans mm-hmm. and stuff for married with children. They put different labels on the cans and everything. So, it it's one of those things where product placement. And I will remember that back in college, the one of the professors did a class where one of the lectures was about product placement yep. in movies... And I don't know if you were in that class or not. Fight Club. Yep, Fight Club. But showed us a clip from Josie and the Pussycats because that movie was nothing but product placement. Mm-hmm.
1: So was uh, Talladega Talladega Nights.
0: Didn't see it. Oh, I don't really find Will Ferrell funny.
1: He is tacky. I. I- it was just. I just want to see John C. Riley. He's funny at times. Yeah. And I want to see what the hype was with him and the hits. I'm coming to get you, Ricky Bobby.
0: <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, Because I'm not a fan, I mm-hmm. don't go out yeah. and actively look to watch.
1: I, I saw it on, I think it was, I borrowed it from somebody or something, or back in the day when you got the $5, $5 bootleg,
0: $5. Yeah, the pe- people walking around, $5 with mm-hmm. the bootleg. Now, nowadays, that kind of doesn't seem like such a bad idea to get your hands on stuff because when things disappear and you never see them. You know, what was it? I found out that it was piratable to watch because someone released the Scooby-Doo and Crypto movie. Yeah. So that just goes to show, like, stuff is... You know, I would love to see the Batgirl movie. But Awful it's world. like, you know, it it's a shame because I have to go see The Flash to see Michael Keaton back as Batman when I could have seen Michael Keaton as Batman mentoring Batgirl and having Firefly being portrayed by Brendan Fraser. Like, that to me just sounded like a dream cast. And it's like, you you took my dream.
1: Did you hear John Cusick's doing... Speaking of acting and all that, did you hear that John Cusick's doing a tour? Um, he's coming to Jersey. He's going to do High Fidelity. What, and, on stage? N.J. Pack. They're going to do an orchestra. And then they're going to show the film and he's going to do Q&A. Oh, okay. He's going to be in Pacho. He's doing Say Anything. He's doing a few, a few of his other movies, but all around the country and everything. So they're going to have orchestra and that. I looked at him I was like, wow, that's pretty good.
0: Oh, yeah. There, there's something about John Cusack movies. He's very charming, he makes a character that may not be so likable likable. Because when you look back at High Fidelity, he really isn't a likable guy. He kind of brings most of this on himself in the movie, because it's like, he's obsessing, thinking his girlfriend's cheating on her, just so he ends up cheating, but she's going and she's screwing around too. So it's like, but it's like, it's a very unstable, unhealthy relationship, but because it's John Cusack and you have Jack Black in there, it becomes something that you're like, you know what? He's charming enough that you overlook like some of the faults.
1: Did you see the Zoe Kravitz TV show of it?
0: No, I did not see that. I meant to. And I, it, I think it got lost in the shuffle. It's, it's still like on my list. Cause it's on, what is it on? Um, who on Hulu? Yeah. Yeah. So as long as it's still there, I'm, I should be able to watch it. You know, I'm, Writer Strike is a perfect time mm-hmm. to be able to catch up on some of this stuff. Although, I mean, I've been watching Letterkenny, but I was watching Suits on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I It's nine seasons. I'm in season eight. And earlier on in the week, I saw it was like 11 days left before it leaves Prime. I'm like, no, I got to get through this before because I can go back to Hulu and watch Letterkenny. I cannot go back to Amazon and watch, watch McCall, yeah. Suits again. I think Suits is supposed to be moving, though,
1: to Netflix. But you always, Now, you always say you're getting back to the moving. I always see every month, I always check the bottom of the max, see what's, what's leaving yep. at the end of the month. And that's pretty good. They give you a good list, like, oh, oh all right, they had this here. Oh, they got this dirty Harry. I didn't see this. Oh, they have this old one with with Gene Kelly. Then you you look at it like, okay. And then you see how much time he got there.
0: Yeah, but sometimes there's not enough time. No. And that's the shame. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the problem with streaming. Because you know what? Maybe it might remind you of something. But if you can't watch it, you still can't watch it. So if you still have physical media of it, even better. I mean, I have over a 1,000 DVDs, and that was a running tally that I actually sat there, wrote everything down, separated by genre, alphabetical order. Currently, the boxes I have aren't in alphabetical order completely, but I have binders because I needed to save space. So the binders really did help, but there are certain ones I don't want to lose the boxes of. Yeah. So, it really is something that it's like, I do feel like physical media was something that we're losing out on. And hell, it's like, I, t- I talked about it with Doug. You know, it, it would be cool to see like some of these shows that are only on the streaming platforms, you're able to buy them in a box that looks like an old VHS tape. I had mentioned like Stranger Things, but you know, when you think about it, you look back, it's like, what, what would be something that a movie nowadays, that you would want to see like that would look like an old classic like VHS
1: box. You know, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Stuff I've stuff I've seen lately.
0: Yeah, I mean and everything.
1: is a lot a lot going through. Like something that
0: I think would be kinda of cool to see in like a box that has the box art for like an, an old VHS. I would have to say like not for nothing. Like, bring, like, showing some of the stuff that we've seen in the past, like, nowadays. Give me, like, Bumblebee. Since Bumblebee took place in the 80s. 80s. I think that would make a cool-looking, like, have a DVD case that looks like a VHS box
1: art. Even the, what is it? The Fablemans have that in some kind of, like, whether it's a high eight movie um camera case or an old movie reel have it in that
0: yeah i mean let's face it there was a lot of like the old dvd box art and stuff mm-hmm. that was really cool and you yeah every now and then they re-release it give you something different for different variant box art and i'm pretty sure you and i both know people who bought some of them just because they wanted the different
1: box art it's like the what do you call it's like you the uh the, the figures, the yep. action figures, the droids, there was four different variants of the original droid from the Phantom Menace. Yep. There was two different varieties of Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan, and I think even Anakin because they gave them all the cloaks.
0: Yeah. So they, they had several different variations. I mean, collectors remember like their figures. Figures, they look for the variant. They look for something that's slightly off or slightly different from all the other packaging. And, I mean, it's something to do. It's, you know, it's not something that's hurting anyone. It actually was making money. I mean, I feel bad that nowadays there aren't toys the way there used to be. I mean, let's let's be honest here. We have toys collectors that they're making figures and stuff more for a collector's market than they are for kids to actually play with. Because kids are playing more with, they're looking at a screen. The ge- The generations have become from using their imagination and having toys and very minimalist things to do, to now it's all on a screen. They've got a screen in front of them almost every single point in the day. Yep. Now, granted, it's great if someone wants to listen to the Goons Lair podcast, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, watches on YouTube. You know, these are things that it's perfect for people to watch on the go. But at the same time, there is still a lacking for the creativity for younger kids to be able to sit down and have, like, an old He-Man figure and, like, some smaller G.I. Joes and, like, come up with a story of your own of how these characters are interacting. Have you seen the new
1: GI Joes?
0: No, I have not.
1: Have you seen the new McFarlane figures? Yes, see. Just picture them like that now. Oh, picture so th- them Tomax and Zaymot in that form.
0: Yeah, they're they're getting very creative with the
1: collector's market figures. Yeah. Now hit here, cuz here's the thing. Marvel again has I forgot which company's releasing it. But they're releasing small superheroes again, the size of the old Star Wars figures and all. Moon Knight. They got Cyclops. They got the Wolverine. All these old figures like they had the Secret yeah. Wars. But now here's a funny thing. Do you remember Iron Man Three? Yep. You remember all the armors he had? Oh yeah. Oh
0: uh, the uh, almost an arm almost a precursor to what we're gonna get for the armor wars.
1: Well here's a funny thing. This is a funny tidbit. Yeah, yeah, we got a funny tidbit here. Thank you, Cliff Clavin, for coming in to play on that. (laughs) You can get almost seven-eighths of those Iron Man armors. Do you remember the cartoon? Yep. They sold every one of those armors before this. Oh, yeah. The only one you got to buy now is... Hulkbuster? Hulkbuster. I mean, they had one which was almost similar to a Hulkbuster. Looked like Nimrod. But that one would probably be a gem to find. Yeah. But these are all the Arctic one, the going into the third world, going into the multiverse. Yeah, there's
0: so many different armors. I mean, the Armor War show should be very interesting when that does drop. I mean, we know Loki season two is going to be what is that? I believe that's the next one coming yeah. on to Disney Secret Plus. Invasion is first. Really, they're getting Secret Invasion before Loki. Think, to... Yeah, that 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 could be a little interesting. You know what? I'm interested to seeing see it because you know what? I know Amelia Clark is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge fan of hers. She like very underrated, and I mean like seeing what they're going to do, seeing. Samuel Jackson, I think, is coming back for this one. I mean, I think I saw an article, though, that I think they were retiring a Marvel-like hero, and I think it was Nick Fury. But I think it was white Nick Fury. Oh, yes. At least that was what it looked like for the article. I can't really remember it off the
1: top of my head, but it was like they... Oh, no, no, no. You know who they're retiring? Who? You would not believe this. Who? The Punisher.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah, they there's been a lot of controversy when it come came to the Punisher, and it wasn't even about the character of the Punisher; it was about the logo. Yeah, you know, I try not to get too political on the show, but a lot of people have adopted the Punisher skull, and it was at first it was being adopted by military, mm-hmm. and but now it's being uh, kind of co opted by like these groups that. I don't want to even give any credence to, Mm -hmm. but they are not on the right side of people in general. They're more for these militias restricting people's rights. And they've changed his symbol over now. They gave him, what was it? Kind of like a, almost like an Oni samurai, kind of like Mm -hmm. demon skull for like the Oni masks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a change up from what we're used to and a lot more difficult to draw for those of us who were spent years practicing drawing the punisher skull but oof, you know i can understand why taking him out of circulation yeah, for now i seen
1: it on the microsoft news that they were going to
0: retire yeah it's one of those things where it's like i knew they were retiring a character so thank you for the correction yeah. it just happens to be one of those things where it's like i understand why they would want to do it just to also like kind of take away some of the stigma, and, I mean, they could retool them. It's not like we won't have, like, you could still watch the Punisher series on Disney+, Plus. that was from Netflix. I don't mm-hmm. know if they edited things down or not, but that was only two seasons. I would hope they would bring Barenthal back if they're going to bring him into the cinematic universe.
1: I hope they do, because I heard, uh I was just thinking when you said that, it wasn't him, it's Frank Grillo, James Gunn signed him for yep. DC yeah. to play Flag. Yeah, this
0: is going to be one of those interesting things now because – and shift gears a little bit over because now with the casting, James Gunn now being in charge of Warner Brothers DC content or at least a co-head. It's one of those moments where we're going to be sitting there and we're going to start seeing people that worked with Gunn before are now going to be switching mm-hmm. over. I what was it? We've already kind of seen it already, where we had Nathan Fillion was in gar- the first Guardians. I think mm-hmm. he was in the second one too, if I'm not mistaken. I think
1: so and the third one.
0: Yeah, uh, but he does show up in the Suicide Squad movie directed by mm-hmm. James Gunn. So it should be very interesting to see where that all goes, especially as a ca- from a casting standpoint.
1: Now you saw his opening address and everything to address, to address him coming in as the top top guy. Yeah. Everything he makes, if it's animated, they will the voices will be the same people that are in the live action. Yeah. Now, so that
0: only bothers me a little bit because that almost takes away from the voice actors. Because you could be using somebody who isn't a voice talent, they're an on-screen talent and now Okay, yes. They, I'm not going to say they don't deserve to work, but there are some amazing voice talents. And, I mean, if we look back, you know, just think about Batman the Animated Series, the late, great Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy. as Batman. Like, we got to see him live action in the crisis event for this, the Arrowverse, but at the same time, it was, he was never meant to be the guy on camera playing okay. Batman. I mean, when you looked at Kevin Conroy, his voice was Batman. Physically, I thought he kind of looked like a Clark Kent. But that's that was me. But it's like he didn't really come off physically, but he had the voice and the persona that really carried it. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see the from a, the like the casting. But I feel like this hurts some of the voice actors. this is what they do.
1: Yeah. This is what Casey Kasem, this is what Frank Welker, this is their bread and butter. Yeah. But I mean, you see where Frank Welker is now. He's doing the live action Transformers. Yeah,
0: but Frank Welker, uh, Frank Welker's also still in tons of cartoons. Yeah. The Scooby-Doo stuff, he's been Fred. You know, for the longest time, and I mean, he's still, and I believe he also does Scooby as well. Yeah. So we've gotten plenty of iterations with Frank Welker. Welker and Peter Cullen, these guys are, I will say, a literal part of my childhood because they were the influences. You heard their voices
1: on just about every cartoon. It's like people didn't realize that unless you watched Star Wars, you didn't know that Mark Hamill not only was the Joker, but he was Luke Skywalker.
0: And you also may not realize if you didn't see the Flash series from 1990 that he was the trickster. Yep. And he came back to be the trickster on Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. And then w- went on to come back for the CW's Arrowverse for the Flash as another version of the trickster. So, I mean, it's one of those things where some actors can keep going with parts, but Mark Hamill's one of those guys that he can kind of fit the bill. He does both, but he's a prolific mm-hmm. voice actor. Yeah. His voice acting resume is highly impressive. But at the same time, when you take somebody like, I'm trying to think, um, like a current voice actor. You know, there's there are so many that come to mind, and it's so difficult for me to really narrow it down. But Billy West. Billy West does so many different voices, and his acting is amazing. I mean, who else but Billy West could have made you really feel for Philip J. Fry throughout all of Futurama? But yeah. he wasn't just Philip J. Fry. He was Professor Farnsworth. He was, all, what was it, um, uh, Zoidberg. He, and then we can't forget Zap Brannigan. As well as so many other characters on the show. So having voice actors being the also face, you know, Billy West doesn't look like you would see him being like Philip J. Fry, but he can sound like a kid. I mean, he was Doug in the Doug cartoon from Nickelodeon Uh, slash Disney. Yeah. So he's been around for quite a while. He was Ren and Stimpy. You know, I I know he did one of the voices, but then he went on when they brought tried to bring it back, he was both. So
1: remember Ren and Stimpy was not supposed to be the cult phenomenon that it became debate.
0: Yeah, well, if, there's also a documentary about it, so I don't want to get too much into Ren I mean, and Stimpy because of the creator.
1: I mean you you I don't know if people realize it was supposed to be called it was supposed to be Doug Rugrat's. And milk and cheese.
0: Yep, but that one milk and cheese didn't really work.
1: No, they went with they went with Run and Stimpy, which to this day still works.
0: But Run and Stimpy also made it more when they got put onto Snick. Yeah, you know that they added the animation like half hour on Saturday nights on Nickelodeon their Snick block, and I mean, you know what? Using that as a bounce back point. To where we were before when it came to like the sitcoms and everything, that's something that we're missing out on. You know, Friday nights were TGIF. You know, you had like Nickelodeon had their SNCC. So you had like the hours. Cartoon Network had like their weekend Tsunami block. There was the Must See TV. Every network had like certain days blocked off where these were shows you have to sit down and watch. It wasn't that you could stream them the next day. It wasn't that you had like you had another option. You could maybe throw in a tape in the VCR, record it, but it wasn't going to be the same as if you went out and you missed it. These were things, you went back, and I mean, you can even say it, like, Lost was kind of like towards the end of it, where it was the water cooler shows. Week yeah. to week, they come out, and you're able to talk about them. And you had time to digest the episodes.
1: The Office... Lost, Survivor, all the new reality shows. Are the
0: same <laughs> Sorry, when once you start saying reality shows, one, it's not reality, and two, I... I know,
1: it's all drama. People don't realize that. Yeah. It's all drama, and I've heard this even through people that have been on these shows. Oh, yeah. That they take. People think, oh, this really happened. Somebody and a couple of people have told me, no, not really.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not only that, but also then you're kind of also sitting there and you realize, but it's like this is all staged. There's a lot of things that are going on to create the drama. I mean, reality TV shows started in the 90s really when they started off with MTV's Real World. Real World. The Real World, moving on from there, they kind of went to Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. And it was like Jersey Shore wasn't as staged. Road Rules. Yeah, Road Rules. MTV really started it off, but we saw a major boon in reality television during the previous writer's strike. Yeah. And, you know, it it all keeps coming back to that writer's strike. You know, this episode may feel like we're going r- around in circle.
1: But it's a good circle that you yeah. always check. Yeah. It always ends up there. It's you, like on Staten Island. You know, it's like you always go back to that same person. No,
0: let's not and <laughs> say that we didn't. I will say, and I I am very proud of this fact, that an ex of mine from this island, I have not seen nor heard from in over 10 years. I'm going to say a, it's probably been tw- about 12, 13 years. So...
1: That is
0: a great thing. Yeah, (laughs) so it's one of those moments where it's like you know, Uh, but there are plenty of people. Uh, Everyone likes to say Staten Island is so small; everyone knows everyone, and everyone knows everyone else's business. I I like to be able to keep to myself and not be involved in that. I'd rather take a look at the larger world as a whole, and that's one of the reasons why, like, I wanted to do the podcast because it was taking a look at. The M, like, one key aspect is like what's going on in entertainment and how that's all affecting us. I mean, the writer strike is something that definitely affects how things have been. And I mean, I don't need more reality TV. I don't understand this Vander Pl- Plump rules or whatever it is. This Vander Vander, who's real
1: housewives of who cares where you what city are in?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there were some reality shows that I will say I did get invested in. And I mean, some of them were because they were on Staten Island, like Mob Wives. Oh, yes. That was one I got invested in. And I will say, one of my previous jobs, when I bumped into a lot of that cast. They were coming into Staten Island. I got to see them. And I didn't make a big deal out of it because they are just people. But at the same time, it's like I was paying attention to the show. I was enjoying what was going on. You know, but I also know there is that level where they got to amp certain things up to make it more entertaining for everyone to watch.
1: I cracked up where, okay, even on Big Angie's show, I knew who one of her photographers was. I knew the place where she, a couple of bartenders and DJs that were worked at the Funky Monkey.
0: Drunken Monkey.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. It's the Funky Monkey now.
0: Now it's the Funky Funky Monkey, Monkey. but... (laughs) If And if anyone is interested, yes, on, what is it, Forest Avenue?
1: Yeah.
0: Forest Avenue, there is a bar called the Funky, Funky Monkey, Monkey that used to be the Drunken Monkey.
1: Yep.
0: You know, um, not really where I'm going to hang out, but that's also because I'm not much of a drinker. I'm honest about that. I, like, maybe socially one, one drink here and there, but it's not, like, I'm not somebody who drinks, but it. If you want to come and check it out, and a piece of Staten Island history, knowing that it was Big Angie's place, it had been on the show, and it also been on Mob Wives. Check it out.
1: Heck, you can even see you drive up further, you see Big Angie's mural. Yeah, it's on a wall.
0: Exactly, and that's the thing. You know, there's a lot of great stuff on Staten Island that most people don't realize. You know, a lot of people crap on the island.
1: It's the forgotten borough.
0: It really is. I mean, if And I'm going to bring this to video games before we wrap it up. You know, if you remember Grand Theft Auto, what was it? Liberty City? Yes. Liberty City went and it was supposed to be New York. What borough could you not get to? Staten Staten Island. Island. It didn't fucking exist. It was like, if you went further, you were going into Jersey. I'm like, ugh. And it feels bad because there's a lot of cool stuff that's come from Staten Island. I mean, let's just be real for a minute. We wouldn't have the Wu-Tang Clan. If it wasn't for Staten Island. Nope. So, I mean, right then and there, Wu-Tang Clan alone should be a saving grace for this island. Wait.
1: There's more. Oh, there's more? Alyssa Milano. That's right. I went to to school with Alyssa Milano. I know who, as she was known, it's funny you mentioned, Luciferina. I was in Ramona's 8th grade class. I know Ramona. And there was a guy, Derek, that was breaking up the fight in one of the episodes. He's from, Ta- he used to go to Tonville High School. This guy, PJ, that was in my cousin's band. He fixed a lock, one of the locks on. Yeah.
0: See, there, there's connections everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the island is connected. The only thing that really makes this island terrible at this point, in my opinion, is, damn turkeys.
1: No, it's the deer.
0: No, it's the turkeys.
1: Oh no, here we go, Bugs Bunny.
0: No, literally, <laughs> literally it's turkey season. No,
1: no, no, it's Canadian geese pooping season. That's who started it all.
0: The Canadian geese started it, but when the college of Staten Island got like the the bird dogs to run around and chase the chase off the geese, mm-hmm. not as bad. It, it you know, it's the population's a little more under control and they did it humanely, but the deer come across the bridge, it happens, you know. But I can avoid a deer. It's the turkeys that people think, oh, they're just birds. No, these are vicious animals that they will claw you. You cannot approach them. You don't want to feed them. It's like they're everywhere. And you will literally get a fine if you shoo them off your car. And I'll tell this story real quick before, just to wrap it up. But one of my old managers, well, assistant manager, then he eventually became my manager. But he went and... He was living over down by Bay Street area. That you know, we got all the turkeys over by Sea View Hospital. You know, for those who don't know, but as like he went, he had to get to work. There were turkeys all over his car because he's in that area. tries to. It's like he shoes the turkey off of his car. Guy comes across the street and from the wildlife people and gives him a summons to go to court. And he's like, I have to go to work. What am I supposed to do? It's like, you're not supposed to, like, you can't do anything to the birds. They're protected. It's like, are you serious? What am I supposed to tell my boss that I have to go to work and I got to wait for a turkey to get off my car? And he's 100% right. But the guy was like, I'll see you in court. It's like, you have nothing better to do. And that's the thing. It's like, the turkeys are a menace. Only because of the fact that it's like they're everywhere, they're breeding out of control, and it's a wild turkey. It's not like they're an endangered species. No. Although, if they did show up in certain areas of the island, uh, they wouldn't have turkeys over there. Mm. Yeah, I uh, know we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with that being said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in for this. Highly anticipated episode of having Jimmy back with us in the lair. It's Jimmy the sequel. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Now, with that being said, Jimmy, how can anybody get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? You can get in touch
1: with me on Facebook, Instagram, and that's about it. (laughs) And how would they get in touch with you there? You can get in touch with James A. Haynes IV on Facebook. James H the fourth on Instagram. There you go. So if anybody wants, or you can just send us an
0: email at Dragoonslayer Podcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast, Podcast. All one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's Dragoonslayer Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email and I'll pass I will gladly pass that along to Jimmy. So if you have any interest in having Jimmy as a temporary co-host for your show or as a shill for any product you want. Let us know, and we will pass that message off to Jimmy. I am the Blue Dragoon 13. You can find me at Blue Dragoon 13 on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. And from Twitch, you can find the link to the Discord page where you can find me there. You can check out my Spotify page where you can listen to the Dragoon's Lair podcast and see the video episodes because I think from now on I'm going to be doing these video episodes are going to get posted on Spotify. So everywhere else, iHeartRadio, iTunes, you'll be able to hear us. But if you want to see us before we go to YouTube, check out Spotify and check out the Dragoons Lair podcast there. And I know you're listening to us. So why am I telling you that? Because it's there to help you spread the word, be part of the Dragoony army. We love you guys and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is everyone's favorite podcast. So We want you guys to spread the word. Make sure everyone knows about the Dragoon's Lair podcast.
1: Everybody.
0: That's right, folks. And we are here to entertain each and every one of you. And I, Daniel the Dragon, the Blue Dragoon himself, would like to just say, You don't have to go home, but you can not stay here. Now get out.